The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. We're just talking about it. And actually, I've been talking about it for a long time, decades, written about it, broadcast about TV about it. I'm going to see if I can actually do it. I started a little garden this past week, and uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But it is a live program. If there's some things on your gardening mind, uh, whether you're an old hand at it and you've got questions or something's happening you don't quite understand or you're, you're angry about it or frustrated, m- me too. Welcome to Gardener's World. Um, but if you're a new gardener and you're trying something, not quite sure, you know, you feel like maybe you spend a little bit too much money getting it started and all that, Give me a call. I think I can save you a few steps, uh, some investments. Uh, As an example, this past week I started a new garden, a vegetable garden, an actual vegetable garden instead of just a few tucked here and there. Uh, But instead of uh, owning a tiller, I borrowed one. You could rent a tiller. Uh, for half a day and wear it, a big tiller, bigger than you can afford, wear it out, take it back, and you're done with it. And if you have to do that every year, it still comes out uh, probably about 10% what it takes to actually own one and try to get it cranked every year. So anyway, there's little little tips like that. Uh, we're going to be talking about whatever's on your gardening mind, though, if you, and it's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring As I walked in this morning, I plucked a few flowers here and there, brought some from my garden, and found a little wildflower growing along the, the side of the road. I pulled it up, and uh, I, actually, I just broke off one of the flowers because I was curious about it, and the whole plant came up, and I felt real bad, like if I ever, if I ever it's like the, the time a garden Club lady. I mean, not just a guard, the president of the Jackson Council of Garden Clubs. This is a long time ago. She stopped by my garden and she was walking around and just casually pulled, reached down and pulled up a weed and dropped it, you know, on the ground like, like anybody would. Um, and I didn't have the heart to tell her that was my only specimen of that particular native wildflower. To her, it was just a weed. She pulled it up and dropped it on the ground rather casually. And I'm thinking when I pull this, um, this plant, I just mean to break off one of the flower stems. And by the way, it's a wild lobelia, a pretty little lavender uh, lobelia, not as big as a great cardinal flower, uh, but uh, it's a sweet little thing. And I'll, I'll post a picture later. Anyway, I'm thinking... Uh, one of these days, you know, when I'm gone to the great compost in the sky and the, the keeper of the compost, he's going to say, uh, excuse me, aren't you the guy that pulled up my only specimen of that lobelia when you walk into the radio program? <laughs> and, uh, not, not, you know, not that good works will get you to the great compost pile in the sky, but I'm going to say, yeah, but I, it wasn't just scientific curiosity. I wanted to share it with other people. So anyway, uh, I've got some red 
some white and some blue flowers from our garden. You know, it's a couple of months uh, ahead of time for for the Fourth uh, of July, but it's not too early to start thinking about planting a little garden, especially if you got some kids and want to get them excited about things. Something that has a tie-in to history or geography or something like that. Anything besides just gardening tied into some kind of curriculum. Um, anyway, again, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, let's go up to Corinth. Hey, Mike. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Good. What's... Uh, I just had a comment. Uh, I live in Alcorn County. Uh-huh. And uh, this year will be probably the fourth year that we've had a problem here that uh, I'm sure most of the state doesn't have yet, and that's Japanese beetles. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I've always seen a few when I was a kid, but not, but not crazy like they have up north. Yeah, it's uh, they're really devastating to roses and... Uh, fruit trees and also the crepe myrtle blooms yeah uh but i I just had that comment and didn't know how if you'd had any more reports from other counties in the state well you know with the um you know with the for whatever whatever anybody thinks or believes or whatever the you know the climate's changing and we're seeing things go further north and some things coming further south than normal and uh I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't one of them you know we we ha- we always have their relative that uh that brown what they call june bug or or may beetle little brown one and it's in the same family but uh they're nowhere near destructive so what you going to do about them uh i've been using uh sprays and uh, started using last year uh, systemic insecticide. Uh, I've tried trouts, but they seem to just attract more to the yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is a, a real frustrating thing, even with botanic gardens. Horticulturists who manage botanic gardens in the Midwest and New England, uh, they, they have a terrible time, and th- they don't have any really good control, you know, other than hand-picking and thumping them and, you know, carrying around a little bucket of, of a soapy water and just dropping them in there because there's just not much else we can do. The systemics are pretty rough on everything else, including beneficial insects. So, you know, don't know if that's going to be a, an overall solution for folks. But anyway, I haven't heard of any reports of, of them really cranking up. Uh, but if they were going to, they would be creeping in from your part of the country. Last year they started May the fifteenth and and went back down in the ground uh, and middle of July. Uh, but uh, I was wondering if birds. Uh, we keep bird feeders out. We didn't know if birds might eat some of the beetles. Some of it will, but oddly enough, it's not the kind that that uh, that that eat seeds off of feeders. And I'm not sure if the Japanese beetles are palatable for a lot of birds you know they're big and they're crunchy and you know they're that they're, they're a pretty beetle i mean they're that metallic green it's a pretty if you're gonna be a beetle just for looks that's a good one but right. I, I my gut feeling is most of the birds that go to feeders are not the kinds that are going to eat big beetles okay but, i had one other comment i've uh i i walk every morning and i'm here at a cemetery south of corinth i'm and walk to the cemetery. I thought it'd be a good place. There's nobody else around. Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. I do. I, I enjoy cemeteries. <laughs> I enjoy your program. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, you know, if you if if you hear anything else or or if you find something that really works, let me know. Thank you very much. All right, appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be talking to a fellow in just a minute or so uh, from a garden center. And if we get him on the line, I'm going to talk to Carol in, in uh, Carrier first. Hey, Carol. Good morning. Mm-hmm. 
not Carol. Oh, huh. howdy. <laughs> What's going on? I sent you a couple of emails to help identify a couple of plants that I have and hadn't heard back from you. It's been about three weeks. Huh. Um, well, I'm, I'm usually pretty much on top of that. Um, what, what was the e- the first part of the email address? I'll, I'll double check on that. My email? Yeah, not the whole thing, just, just enough to where I can look it up. Okay, my first name, C-H-E-R-Y-L-E. Okay. All right, I'll check on that, but I think I'm pretty well caught up on emails. But anyway, what's what's up? Went to your personal website. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't answered emails from that thing for years, <laughs> years and years and years. I have a, a small ornamental tree that has small green leaves that stay green all winter, and right now they've got little yellow blooms all over them. Didn't know what it is. Hmm. Is that what you sent a picture of? I did. Okay, send it if you will send it to garden at mpbonline dot org. That that I, that way I know it'll get me. Songs you there. What's that? I, I tried that and I couldn't find a place to go to email you. Oops. Uh, well, no, 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 no. It's not a website. The the email address is garden at mpbonline dot org. That's the email address. Okay. Garden at mpbonline.org. Okay. The second thing is a really tall plant with big leaves that go dormant in the winter, but they grow six to eight feet during the growing season. Yeah. In the fall, they have a big head of creamy little white flowers that turn into red and green seed pods. Mm. I, 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 I couldn't even begin to guess. I mean, uh, immediately all sorts of pictures clobbered together in my head. I had a row of milkweed, Mm -hmm. and I had some antique ryegrass all around it, and something ate every leaf off the milkweed, including nipping the top, and did not leave a clue as to what it was. Most likely a, a, a monarch cat- butterfly cat- caterpillar. They com- they eat everything green on them, and then they're gone. That's what monarch caterpillars do. Okay. I just wondered what on earth could have got there and eaten them. It so- sounds like you helped the monarchs on the way north or south, because uh, no, they lay their eggs exclusively on, on milkweeds, and they will completely wipe them out. And the milkweeds will come back, but that's what monarch larvae feed on, and they get to be the size of your little fingers, so they can eat a lot. Anyway, send me those pictures, Carol. Let's see what we can come up with. All right, let's see. Let's see if we got Herbie on. Herbie, are you there? Hello. Hey, I'm here. Hey, Herbie Austin uh, from uh, Hutto's Garden Center. Uh, First thing, how long have we known each other? Uh, About uh, close to 40 years probably now. (laughs) And you've seen me... Wax and Wayne getting smart and dumb at the same time. <laughs> you know, I've known you since you've worked at garden centers for a long time. And, uh, I sure have. And yeah. Well, this, this week I started something and I told you, I'm going to, I'm going to expose my, myself. I started a little garden and you are my guru. I don't know about guru now. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've written the book. I, I, you know, I know what to do. I know how to tell people what to do. But let me see. I got some 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 Delta topsoil and added it to my clay. I got some compost, added it to that, a little bit of limes and fertilizer and some mulch. 
And yesterday I planted, was it red ripper pea? Well, you say it's yeah, a climbing pea? Uh, yeah, the climbing pea was red ripper. And I got some kind of a climbing bean, green bean-looking uh, thing. Right. I think, I'm trying to remember. Did we do a snap bean or a butter bean? I don't know. Butter remember. bean type. No, no, it was a snap but, bean. Yeah. Yeah, that should have been like a mescal butter bean. Yeah, and I got uh, some yellow uh, yellow squash. Yep. And I planted them all together. I made me some little teepees out of some bamboo. I spray painted in purple because that's just the way I am, and tied them together at the top. And I've got uh, beans and peas at each bowl. I've got squash in the middle. I've got corn planted all the way around it, two kinds of corn. We what used, a, uh, two sweet corns, what we use. That, that's right, a real super sweet. But So I've got corn, beans, peas, and squash going on these teepees. And in between them, I planted some Puerto Rico bush-type sweet potatoes. Oh, okay. What, yep. are, the, what are the chances of this working? A hundred percent. No problem. It's oh, going to work. You're good, Herbert. You're good. You're, you're very good at growing, so you, you'll have no problem taking care of this. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I, you know, I usually go to England this time of year, you know, middle of May or so, and yep. I don't come back to fall. So it's been over a decade since I planted some summer vegetables. So I'm a little nervous about whether the expert can walk the walk instead of just talk the talk. And you picked the ideal year for it. The weather's been perfect this year. So uh, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I've got pretty good dirt. It's pretty fertile. Got a little stuff added to it. Got some mulch. I had the mulch pulled back. I, I planted my seeds and I covered them with a little compost. When they sprout, I pull the mulch back up to them. But how many new gardeners are you seeing this year? People who uh, really hadn't gardened before. Young, millennial type folks. We are seeing tons of them, to be honest with you. There. Running your uh, ragged. They are running us ragged right now, which we are not going to complain about that. No. Great. But are they are they starting off trying too hard, or are they just eager to get started? Does it matter where it produces or not? Is it just ho- you know what what's the general feeling? Well, I, I think it matters if it produces, but I don't think they've got their hopes up as high as most people would that've been planting a garden for years. Yeah. So you know when uh, you first it, start, I mean, it's hard. It's hard the yeah. first first time you start. It is, and there's so many of them actually admit this, that I'm doing trial and error this year. I'm finding out what I can grow and what I can't grow. Yeah. But but you guide them, though. You can say, well, start with these, you know, and then you can add other stuff later. But don't don't start trying to grow, you know, broccoli in the summertime. Right, and we also try to explain to them, you don't want them. If you've got a 10-square-foot area, you don't want to be trying to grow, you know, a field of corn. Yeah. No. You want to start with, like, tomatoes and peppers and do a few snap beans and that type of things that produce a lot things that produce a lot in a small space over a long time exactly what what about container gardening we uh a lot of people do the container gardens we have more and more raised bed now we have a soil that we sell special for that and we it really really sold it heavy this year you know, it just occurred to me, you know, y'all have got a whole bunch of nursery pots, you know, used nursery pots way back in the back, back behind the barn. <laughs> we used to. We're uh, sold out of them. Oh, so, you, okay. I was thinking to say, if you, if you put those, if, if you get some of those stacked up with some good potting soil, fertilized, ready to go as a starter kit, would that be cool? Make, yes, they make great starter kits like that, and you can grow tomatoes and peppers on them 
real easy. And throw, we have sure we're so completely out of those pots this year. Well, good. Well, and uh, and I always always encourage people to plant some kind of culinary herb because it's instant result. You don't have to wait for it to do something. I mean, I've got to wait. How long is it going to take for my my beans, corn, peas, and to 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 make anything? You're looking at at least about sixty five days on average. 65 to 70 days. I, I can't wait that long. i got to have something now. i got to have something now. So that's the reason I put some flowers and some culinary herbs out there, something instant gratification. That's important for millennials and for children and for old guys right. like me. Yeah, and also going to, to plant plants, like when you go to tomatoes and all, you're cutting down on the amount of days it takes for production. Oh, yeah, yeah. So from when, they, when they say how long, that's from seed. Right, exactly right. And you're going to have a little bit longer yourself this year because we're still staying so cool at night. Yeah, well, till next week. About seed not coming up, but it's still staying. The ground's still cool. So, uh, it, it, general advice you give somebody who walks in, they don't have a clue. Uh, soil mixture first to get a good soil mix going. Uh, and decide what kind of space they have about what they do need to plant. And then we make decisions from there. Take it from there. Take it there. Well, um, uh, are people starting with bigger gardens than you've seen before? Because, you know, when I, when we first got started, people had like 600-square-foot gardens in their backyard. Nobody does that anymore. No, very few of those. They got ra- small raised beds in containers. Yes, sir. That's right. And uh, so it's, it, I tell people start with four or five containers or a four by whatever raised bed, and then you can always add another one later. Exactly. And the raised bed, it's amazing how many people come in that, that they've added raised beds over the years now. Oh, I, I'm seeing, I'm like seeing them in... One or two, and they keep going. I'm seeing them in, in what I call nice neighborhoods. they got buckets of tomatoes out in their front yard. <laughs> and it's almost like a badge, Herbie. It's almost like, you know, you, you get it like my son and daughter-in-law live in you know, a big fancy house on a big fancy street with a bunch of big fancy people, all with young kids. And it's like a badge of honor having a, some funky old pots out front with tomato in it. <laughs> and in a way, this 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 is this is great. Oh, it's wonderful! It really is. Well, listen, I, I know y'all are busy. Last time I was in there, y'all were slammed, and you started me off with some things as if I were a beginner. I know what to do, but I'm not doing it as if I know what to do. I'm doing it as if I don't have a clue. And I think that's probably the best way to garden is to good dirt, good plants, little mulch, don't overwater. Right. A little bit of fertilizer. A little fertilizer. All right, man. Hey, what else are they getting? They're getting bird seed and all like that, or they're getting flowers well, and herbs? Flowers and herbs are real big right now, too. We're selling a lot of those. So uh, what, what, you, what you pushing on the side? You need one more thing, don't you? The, the, the roses are starting to sell like crazy. Ro- yep, yep. The roses are blooming and going crazy right now. Yeah. And uh, little companion plants. Yep. I mean, I, I put little plants out there, and I need something that's going to make it, you know, because they're little when you first put them out. I like to put, you know, some zinnias and stuff like that here and there just to give me something to look at. Marigolds, the marigolds are wonderful plant around your vegetables, too. Yep. They actually, the whole wise tale is they help repel insects. Yep. Well, listen, man, I hear your phone's busy. I just want to call and let and let everybody know that you are being my guru. I I know it all, but I haven't done it in a long time, so we're going to see. So don't, if we have any kind of failure in this, you're not going to blame it on me, right? <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Herbie, tell everybody I said hey. 
I'll sure do it. Thanks, Thank you, man. Brother. Appreciate it. Okay, man. Bye. That was Herbie Austin. I've known him a long time. I work with a lot of folks at garden centers, but I've known Herbie personally for a long, 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 long time. And he wants people to come back because they had success, not come back because they're complaining. So, starting out, whether you're young, whether you're older, you haven't gardened, hadn't gardened in a long time like me, good dirt, little fertilizer, good plants, good seeds, little mulch, and take it from there. I personally think that growing in five-gallon buckets with holes drilled in the bottom or a raised bed that's maybe the size of your kitchen table is a good way to start, and then you can always add more rather than planting in long, skinny rows like a farmer. We're going to take a quick break, me and Java and all the folks here at MPB. If you got some phone calls, uh, you want to yak about stuff, give us a call toll-free. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Liz Gill, a producer here at MPB Think Radio and the host of In Legal Terms and Autocorrect. Congratulations, MPB, on 50 years. All righty, welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fell to rushing. You want to give me a call and yak about gardening? Toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring We've been hanging. It got a guy named Jerry hanging on forever. Hey, Jerry, how are you this morning? Hey, man, I'm used to waiting for you. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, what's going on? What can I help you with? Or what can you help me with? Well, first off, I just want to back you up on the uh, Huttos there in Jackson. I don't live near there, but every time I drive through Jackson, I make a point to stop there just because I bought a uh, about 40 pounds of a custom blend uh, blueberry fertilizer, uh-huh. uh, and that stuff is spot on. It really is good. They are great people, got great products and great prices. Well, they've been they've been there. For, they've been locally owned, third generation, been there a long time. Yeah, that's that's great. They're not the big box store where people actually know what they're talking. Yeah. So what what's you what's up? Two questions for you. Uh, both of them probably easy for you. Uh, one, I'm looking at planting some ginger along the bank of a pond, and I'm wondering if it would be a weed like bamboo turns into a weed. Uh, that's the first question. And the sex, second question is, I've got some cedar trees on a property I'm buying, and the people there have cut the the bottoms of the trees up so they could mow underneath them to zero turn. And what I was looking to do was plant some flowers underneath those trees. Yeah. And I'm wondering what you would recommend for that. Okay. Let's the first, first, uh, you're talking about those gingers with the white flowers in the late summer. That's the ones. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it spreads. It's not invasive, you know, but it, it will spread. It grows really well along the edge of lakes and ponds and stuff, you know, and it will spread a little bit. But it's really, I mean, it doesn't have any kind of roots. It doesn't run. It has those little ropey rhizomes like an iris. So it's real easy to just every now and then, if it gets too much, just pull it up. All right, just so, pull up for a moment. I'll do that. It's, 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 not a, it's, it's, not a, it's not a habitat buster at all. I think it'd be real pretty, too. Um, as far as the second thing, it's hard to grow stuff under cedars. I was raised with cedars. Uh, I, I have cedars myself now. What I've got under mine are boring to some people, but the, I plant them because they work. Uh, you know what American beautyberry is? Yes. A beautyberry grows there. It's a native plant. You see it growing with, and it's kind of interesting with those uh, big leaves, the kind of light colored leaves. So they 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 sh- and it grows okay in a light shade. But I also have uh, compact nandina. 
Uh, I've got some uh, striped monkey grass and, you know, just, in other words, some, some old-fashioned, small kind of tough shrubs. And then you can throw in a few flowers here and there. It's just most of the flowers are going to need more sunshine and uh, better roots than they're going to be able to have under those cedars because cedars' roots are pretty dense. Okay. So I, I would start with some structural plants. You know, you can't go wrong with with the compact anandina. Just can't go wrong with it. And uh, a little beauty berry. Uh, also, um, hollies. Uh, uh, just plain old uh, uh, native yopon holly. You can prune it into a ball. And even though you only have to do it like every couple of years, but it makes a nice little little chunky visual thing there. So if you had like a dwarf yopon holly and a nandina. Put some of your uh, your your gingers there. Let's see how they yeah. do. And and the purple berries on the beauty bush and the white berries on the holly would would kind of make a nice yeah. color too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, bud. Okay. Good luck on it. Appreciate sure, your call. Okay, and we've got some callers online, but I want to play a tune. This is an old tune. It probably goes back forty. 50, I don't know how long ago. I, I, I remember when I first started with the extension service, but I was, I had this song in my mind when I started planting my first vegetable garden, uh, this, this past week, first vegetable garden in probably 15 years, and I had this tune. So let's, we'll come out with some phone calls after this. Inch by inch, row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground And inch by inch, row by row Someone blessed these seeds I sow Someone warmed them from below Till the rains come tumbling down Pulling weeds and picking stones Man is made of dreams and bones Feel the need to grow my own Cause the time is close at hand Grain for grain, sun and rain Find my way in nature's chain Tune my body and my brain To the music from the land Straight and long Temper them with prayer and song Mother Earth will make you strong If you give her love and care An old crow watching hungrily From his perch in yonder tree And in my garden I'm as free As that feathered thief up there By inch, row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground An inch by inch, row by row Someone blessed these seeds I sow Someone warmed them from below Till the rains come tumbling down 
All righty, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fell to Rushing. Um, as uh, the Garden Song, Google it. It's a really good one to, to, for, for kids to hear. Uh, we're going to be talking about gardening for the rest of the hour, so if you want to give us a call, we've got some lines open. Well, let's start out with in Waynesboro. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. You know, my daughter-in-law is from Waynesboro. Really? Yep, well, Stevie Farrar. Yep, Stevie <laughs> Farrar. Anyway, what you got going yeah. on? Okay, uh, I've got a um, pretty garden so far, and I looked under my tomato leaves yesterday, and I think it's aphids. Their babies are pink, and the adults are gray. Does that sound right on the underside, or is that what the old folks called um, lice? Well, yeah, lice is a common name for for aphids, and uh, and in oh, really? a, and, and in England they call green flies for some reason. But there's there's lots of them. And they're real small, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And I just the more I looked, the more I found. I said, oh, they're going to ruin my tomatoes. I know the cool weather is what agrees with them. The hot weather kind of. I have oh, to get rid of they them. don't care. They don't, they don't. They all the, uh, spring, summer, and fall. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. No. Here's a what couple of things. Do, First of all, you know, you could just, you know, you could just wash a lot of them off. Believe it or not, you know, because they, they don't have a good grip, and you're not you're not gonna be able to get. First of all, make your mind up. You're not gonna be able to get rid of all of them. Just learn to live with some of them. Stop oh, turning leaves over and looking. Okay, that, that that's the first step. Um, they're fairly easy to control with uh, with a mild soapy water solution, but uh-huh. it's even better if you get this stuff they call insecticidal soap. It's not really a soap; it's just called that. Uh, it's uh-huh. a fatty acid. And they call it insecticidal soap, but it covers up uh, the soft-bodied insects and and uh-huh. doesn't hurt beneficial insects like. Uh, harsh insecticides would. So if you could get some insecticidal soap, mix it up no stronger than directions, spray the bottom of the leaves. That's where the things are. That'll control the aphids, the white flies, and, you know, the other little small stuff like that without hurting any beneficial critters. Well, okay. Well, that's going to be a job. I've got a ton of tomatoes. But anyway, I'll Well, if you've got, you got a ton of tomatoes, you need to invest in some controls, you know, and uh, aphids are, you know, they're they're not what I call a... a, a uh, a garden busting insect. Every now and then, if you take a hose and just you know water everything down real good, okay. that'll keep them you know under control. Okay. But keep if you got to spray, yeah. If you got to spray something, I you know I, I I wouldn't reach for a regular insecticide first. But if you were, um, there's a, there's a spray called pyrethrin. It's a it's a natural, and I'm not recommending stuff because it's organic. I recommend it because it works. But pyrethrin uh, really will take care of even big things like stink bugs and all. And it's not a it's not a horrible insecticide. Spray late in the day before the bees get out in your garden because the bees okay. are gone, and by morning everything will be cool. Is that pyrethrin? Is that spelled P E R I T? Um, starts with a P P Y. Starts with the P I, excuse me, P Y R E pyrethrin. But uh, okay. try the insecticidal soap; it works like a charm. Okay, great. Listen about a squash bug. You know how they bore into the stalk and oh, yeah. have beautiful squash, and the next day it collapsed. Oh yeah. They have bored into the stalk and killed it from the inside, and you don't even know they're there. Right. How can I keep that from happening? Put some, some sort of dust or something around the dirt around the no no that no the squash vine borer is a larvae of a little small red and black wasp uh, uh moth it looks like a wasp you know but it's a it's a, it's a day flying moth and it and uh, it lays eggs on the stem 
And then the, when the egg has to the larvae bore in. So, you know, putting stuff on the dirt doesn't help at all. These things come from, you know, who knows where. Yeah. So the only good control, the only real good control is put netting over it. And nobody likes netting, but, you know, I, I garden in England part of the time, and everybody there uses nets because that's that works. Uh, the other thing is when you first see that little uh, wet, yellow, sawdusty-looking stuff coming out, just take your straight needle and stick it into the stem up and down from there. It won't hurt the plant, but it'll stab the caterpillar. Yeah, okay, okay. But there, well, there's, there's no good prevention is what I'm saying. You get, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. natural too, natural. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate it, and happy anniversary to MPB. Well, appreciate that. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank you. it. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All righty. Yes, a 50th anniversary here at MPB, 50 years of doing this kind of stuff, having a good time at it, too. Uh, now let's go to uh, Johnny in Kosciuszko. Hey, Johnny, good morning. Good morning. Oops. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. What's up? I've got a question. Mm-hmm. I've got a pear tree that's 50-plus years old. Yeah. And I look like it's on its last leg. Yeah. Can you get cuttings from it? And are the cuttings genetically tied to its age to this tree so when this tree dies will the cuttings if they survive will they die just like the tree will yeah that's a really good question here is a really good question but no the brand new growth on a tree is like a brand new baby yeah, you know, okay. the, the the new stuff is and is genetically it is a clone. You know, sort of like having an old dog and you know starting with part of his hair off his tail and starting your puppy. So, uh, but no, no, a cutting off of it is a brand new plant ready to go. Problem is, pears don't root that well. They're 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 generally grafted. So, if this is okay. a good pear, what I would do is I would plant you go go find you a cheap pear at a garden center, just any kind okay. of pear, plant it. And then this next winter, you can take cuttings off of off of your pear, you know, smaller than a pencil, a little small cutting, put them in a okay. plastic bag in a refrigerator, make it think it's wintertime, cold and, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And then okay. after your 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 new pear branches out in the spring, you can cut it off and stick, it's called grafting. Okay. So I can take the the bane of all existence, uh, graft repair, and I can graft it to that? Absolutely, absolutely, uh, any, any kind of pair. But but get a little one, because what you yeah. want to do is, is cut it back, and then we do grafting. You do grafting in the spring after the thing is leaf out, but you take your grafting wood off of your old tree, plastic bag, put it in the refrigerator sometime in the middle of the winter. So okay. it stays dormant. Anyway, grafting is not, it's been done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. A couple of little tricks to it, but that'd be the best way to keep this thing going. Okay. Well, I appreciate your assistance. You have a good, great weekend. Oh, I want to ask you some stuff. Yep. Is this thing, you got just the one pair? Well, uh, it's been in the yard. Least, yeah, I'm 55. So uh-huh. I remember picking pairs off of it. They're huge and they're sweet, and it's starting to die. But the, uh, are, the, are there any other pears out there? Just this no, one? No, just that one. Okay, so it's it, you know most pears are not self-pollinating, but some are. So you got a really good old self-pollinating. Uh, keep me in mind. Let me know. Uh, you know when those things start producing. I'd like a good picture of one in your hand, and then uh, I've got a, a couple of friends who who grow fruit for hobby, okay. and uh, and if we can find out what pear it is. They might help. They they might come uh, do some grafting for you. Okay. Well, I appreciate your assistance. Okay. Like I'm gonna get on the internet and try to figure out. You know, get some uh, YouTube videos on grafting. I it, think 
it, yeah, give, give it a try. Don't let them confuse you. It's uh, it's no. been done by people who you know don't know all this stuff. But the the main thing is get let's get a good picture of, of one a nice one in your hand so we can when it's ripe so we can get some idea what it might be. Okay, then I'll do that for you. Okay, Johnny, appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. All righty. Talking about grafting some pears. Let's go to Kathy down in Clark County. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, shout out to Jackie from Waynesboro because actually I'm in Waynesboro. <laughs> well, you you got to be going there because it ain't on the way to anywhere. Right, right. <laughs> What's up this morning? Well, I have never lived in the country in my entire life. I'm nearing that 60-year mark, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, we've been transplanted to the country to care for an older family member. I'm learning that I like it. I've got some beautiful little plants grow, and I've got tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers, and I'm so proud of them. I want to get really adventurous, and I want to transplant some trees. Um, we live on... Um, Probably about 100 acres surrounding my house, mostly wooded, and I have seen all these tiny little magnolia trees and dogwoods, you know, growing up around the big trees. Can I do that? Uh, You can, but this is not the best time. As a matter of fact, this is the worst time of year. Because what's okay. happened, they put out all their new growth, and all that new growth is directly connected to the tip ends of the roots. And when you dig a plant, you're cutting all, all the roots off at the shoulders. All the wiggly fingers are left behind. So the best time would be to, so over this summer, if you know where you want to plant some, kind of dig the dirt up a little bit. You know, you don't have to go crazy about it, but dig it up a little, cover it with some leaves. And it'll be what they call mellow by fall. And sometime in the late fall or the winter, after the trees have dropped their leaves out there, the other trees, that's the best time to move them. And they'll, they'll get settled in and established before the next spring. So sort of mark the ones that you want, the little ones, and uh, dig a nice little hole for them. And, uh, and let's, let's do it sometime in uh, late November, December, January, February, sometime in there. Okay. Well, there are all just all sorts of different sizes. Do I want to transplant the very smallest? S- smaller is better because you get more of a proportion of its roots. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger it is, you know, if you stick your arm straight out and wiggle your fingers, you're cutting stuff off between the shoulders and the elbow. And a little plant can put out new new roots quicker than something that's got big old, you know, stumpy roots. So smaller right. is better. And, and a okay. smaller one will get established, more chance of surviving. It'll get established better, and it'll actually outgrow a bigger one every time. Oh, great. Okay. How how far out, you said, to try and get all the roots? No, 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 no. There's no way to get those roots. I can't pick up a root ball that's more than about a foot and a half across without it breaking. Okay. And if it breaks, so you, you, you're thinking about something about a foot to foot and a half across and about that deep. That's about as big a root ball as you can move without it breaking. Okay. See, so, the you know, a big tree, you know, they use... Uh, these tree spades and stuff like that, but as far as just digging stuff and moving it, and I've done it countless, countless times, uh, foot, foot and a half size root ball, and that's about it. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much okay. for the advice. All right, have fun. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Java, I've been in here taking pictures of my little flower bouquet. Have you seen me fiddling with it? And it's a, it's a red, white, and blue bouquet. 
<laughs> splash of purple. A little splash, splash of purple. The purple is a is a perennial salvia called black and blue. Perennial salvias are a, even the, the 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 blue and purple ones are the best hummingbird butterfly plants in my garden. I got this little wild lobelia that I pulled up. I got some uh, white roses, some red roses, some purple spiderwort, and some dusty miller. Little red, white, and blue bouquet in a coffee cup. Maybe we could post this on our on our uh, blog thing. It, it ain't a great bouquet. It's it, it's my it, bouquet. It'll do. It's my bouquet. And I also got my dibble. I showed you my dibble. You weren't sure what it is. <laughs> it's sort of a modified stick. It's about oh six or eight inches long, pointed on one end, around on the other. Got a little piece of leather so I can hang it up. A dibble bar is what I use to plant my sweet potatoes. It's just a, a pointy stick, stuck it in, wiggled around, stuck my sweet potatoes in, and I'm done. A dibble bar, old-fashioned substitute for using your finger. <laughs> so I've been out dibbling in my garden. <laughs> Quick, let's take a break. We'll be back, folks. Um, Horticulturist Felder Russia, me and Java. And uh, Jason Klein, the boss man, is a phone greeter today. Woohoo! We'll be right back with the Gestalt Gardener here at MPB right after this. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're talking about getting dirty here. Let's go to uh, the down to the pass. Hey, Jetta, how are you this morning? Hey, Felder, I'm good. How good, you doing? Good, doing great, doing great. I, I picked some mint on the way in, and the place it smells like mint. It used to smell like Purell up here. Now it smells like mint. Yeah, I've got <laughs> rosemary all over me already today. What's going on? What's up with you? Well, let's see. You helped me before with my gardenia that's in a container, but I've got another gardenia issue um, that I wanted to ask you about. I have a huge gardenia in the ground at the front of, of our property that is, um, I mean, it's big. Yeah. It's loaded with gardenias right now. It's been beautiful uh, every year, but I've never really done any major pruning to it, and now it's got a bunch of woody, really ugly-looking stuff uh up through the middle and on one side of it. Yeah. So I'm wanting to print it as soon as I can, and I don't know if I should go ahead and do it now or how and, and how I should go about it whenever I do print it. Well, you you know, of course, if you prune it right now, there you go a lot of your flowers. It can put on new growth and bloom again later, but you don't have to prune the whole thing. You know, it's it's not like, it's like a piece of cake. You can do it a you know a slice at a time. Uh, and what okay. you could do is is uh, go into the plant instead of pruning it like most people do the surface, like into a ball or a box or something like that. Reach into the plant and cut some of the stems uh, down in the plant, and they'll sprout back out in the plant and and fill back out. In other words, do some thinning down in the plant and get cut cut the dead, the weak stuff out. And wherever you make your cut, the new growth is going to come out right there. So if you'll just thin out some of the the bad looking stuff. And then when it comes out, then you can thin out some of the other stuff if it needs it. So in other words, you, you don't have to, it's like plucking eyebrows. You don't have to shave them all off. Got it. Okay. So it would be good for me to go ahead and start with that woody stuff and go ahead and get it out of there. That'd be okay. Yeah. And keep in mind, wherever you make a cut, that's where the new growth comes out. So, you know, don't, you know, you can cut it way down. I mean, you can cut these things to the ground with a pickup truck if you want to, and they'll sprout back out. But just sort of cut some of the big stuff, some of the bad stuff back here and there and leave a few flowers. And you can always come back and cut the stuff you leave later. 
Okay. All right. And the, the, there's there's no recipe for it. This is just you know a a, a concept. Okay. So, so you okay. really you really can't mess up. All right. I don't want to I don't want to destroy something that's taken forever to get as big as it is. And I was just, I'm a little nervous, but I'll go right about it. Don't be nervous. You you know you can cut that. Know that you can cut it to the ground. It'll sprout back out. So how can you mess up cutting it back a little bit? <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Jed. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, and this slide up to Ashland. Hey, Jerry, what's up? Hey, man. I messed up. I called you once today, and I forgot one of my questions. Okay. So my last question is this. I got uh, some plum trees that, that, that bear real heavy. However, they lost about 70% of their fruit. And they yeah. just dropped. And I can't. There's no scars on the fruit. It, it looks like the, they broke off clean at the stem. Yep. I'm just wondering if this is a natural process or do I need to. I hit it with some fruit tree oil, fruit tree oil and uh, I was hesitant to do any insecticide on So what do you think about that? Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 assuming that you didn't spray it real hard and it burns some of the stuff, it's normal for a lot of fruit to shed. Uh, matter of fact, it's called, even when it happens in, in April or May, it's called June drop by commercial growers. What happens is the trees will make more flowers than they can have fruit, and then sometimes they make more fruit than they can take to maturity, and they just throw some of them off. Uh, and sometimes there's not good pollination. The fruit will get up the size of a marble or something, not making a seed, and uh, and it'll abort. See, so a lot of times it's pollination, uh, rain, lack of bees, whatever, uh, late frost. Sometimes they just have more fruit that the plant can sustain, and it just simply throws some of them off. So it's just allocation of resources then. Okay. Exactly. And what commercial growers do, they take it a step further. Most commercial fruit growers actually go out and thin the fruit on purpose. There's some sprays that'll do it. Sometimes they take a baseball bat that's padded with uh, foam and and, uh, and duct tape, and they'll beat the plants. And they say, if you don't feel like crying, you haven't done it enough. And they'll knock 70 80% of the fruit off a tree, so what's left will be big and juicy instead of a bunch of little small gnarly things. So, uh, what, what what nature hadn't done? Sometimes commercial growers do it themselves. All right. Well, thank you very much, and have a great day. Appreciate buddy. it. <laughs> Allocation of resources—that's a great way to put it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, folks, let's go to Laurel now. Hey, Cecilia. Hey, how are you? Uh, good, good. I got me a little red, white, and blue bouquet, and I got me some mints. It all smells good in here. You got it going on. So far, so far, we'll see. What can I help you with? I'm wondering about using my ashes from my fireplace and from my grill in mixing up potting soil. Hmm. I don't, you know, it, it a little bit doesn't hurt, but the problem is both of those are highly alkaline. I mean, really alkaline. And uh, and if you use too much, it can it can burn roots. It's okay to use a little bit, but, you know, rather than mixing it in the potting soil, I would just scatter it around your shrubs, over your lawn, not around azaleas or blueberries, which are acid-loving, but you could just scatter them, you know, under your shrubs, uh, on your lawn, whatever, but... The potting soil really doesn't need it. It's got a little potash in it, but it's also very alkaline, and it's water-soluble, so it's going to wash out and leave a gray spot on your deck. Okay, okay. Is it good? Good, good idea, but let's, let's throw it somewhere else. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Whew, 
that's it. That's it. We ran out of calls. We got time left. I don't know if we got time to squeeze another call in, but if you want to get try to squeeze it in, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Meanwhile, Java, I've been feeling fielding a lot of emails, a lot of emails lately. Well, some more than you can keep up with. No, it's not. But uh, I did find out that some of them. The for some reason went to a default file and I found it by accident. So I got to go back and check some of that stuff. That lady says she sent me something. I bet she didn't send it to garden at mpbonline.org. Oh, yeah, because you get a lot of emails in there and I know you check them all because sometimes I actually <laughs> send it back to you by accident and I have to. <laughs> yeah, I get something sometimes that says, um, your blueberries are going to be doing fine. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, this little garden I've got, um, and we'll, we'll, I'm going to post a picture of it next week. I got me a brand new little vegetable garden that's only 30 feet long by 4 feet wide. 30 by 4. That's about a little bit over 100 square feet. I've got corn, beans, squash, climbing peas, and sweet potatoes planted. Sweet potatoes are planted in between. I made these teepees out of some bamboo spray painted in purple, and I've got the corn and the beans and the squash planted around there. It's called the Three Sisters. You want to? You got some kids? Google Three Sisters Gardening, and uh, in between those, I got some bunch sweet potatoes. And uh, today, I'm gonna plant me some zinnias and stuff. Anyway, John, I'm gonna see if I can actually do what I've been saying. And anyway. uh, Felder, we got one more call. Awesome from Brookhaven is our lucky last caller for the show. Hey, awesome. How are you? Yeah, hi, good morning. Good. Yeah, I just have a question about hydrangeas. Uh, is it possible to relocate them now to plant them somewhere else? It's, it's really tough on a plant right now because all that new growth is tied to the to the to the ends of the roots. And when you dig it, yeah. you leave all those ends going. And hydrangeas having such big leaves, they tend to wilt real bad. So, if you've got to do it, cut it back, yeah. cut it way way back, even to where it's got no leaves on it. Move it and. It'll put out new growth, but that'll take the immediate stress if you got to move it now. Best in the yeah. late fall or winter. Okay. Well, but, thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate it. Oh, oh, you know, you could take cuttings off of those and root some. Well, what happens? A tree um, came down during the storm, so now it's exposed to the sun. Yeah. Totally, well, and it's, it's killing it. So I just need to move it somewhere where it's shaded. Well, meanwhile, if you cut it back, the new growth comes out. The new growth will be... Uh, we'll, we'll be okay with the sun. The old shady stuff can't take the sun, but if you cut it back, the new growth will be okay in the sun. Hydrangeas will oh. take sun. Okay. Well, that, that'll, you. that'll buy you some time, Assam, till till next fall. Okay. I'll let you know. All, All right, right. Appreciate it. You bet. You have a good day. Whew, I've been getting a lot of emails about lawns, folks. Raise your mower. <laughs> I'm a broken record. Raise your mower. You want to have a nice lawn? Raise your mower. And I think people are following your advice because we uh, talk about it on Fixing 101 uh, a lot, that now with people being home, it's like a competition for Yard of the Month. Everybody has their yard mowed. Everybody has their uh, edges laid. <laughs> well, the edges, you know, that's fine. But if you cut your grass real, real close because you're in competition, the neighbor is like putting your dog in a plastic bag. Don't do it. Don't do it. Grass needs leaves for energy. <laughs> anyway. 
shoot me an email, folks. Garden at mpbonline.org. If you have kids, send me an email. I've got a, a, a list of kids gardening projects free. Kids gardening projects, MPB Online, garden at mpbonline.org. Had a pretty good time. I'm going to go finish uh, gardening, plant me some zinnias, do a little getting ready for hot weather next week. And about mostly, if you get a chance to take a kid to a garden center, get a bucket full of potting soil, plant a tomato or a pepper, some kind of herb and some kind of flower, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Here at MPB, we wish y'all health and happiness. We'll be back next week.